Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, welcome back to uh, episode four of Bold Sports. I'm Steve, we got uh, Matt over here. What up? Hanging out, we're gonna uh, go for go through a few things. First, we're gonna start off where we always do. Matt, we tied this week. We did. We did. We tied eight and eight uh, for our NFL picks from week three. Each of us with the eight wins and the eight losses. Matt moves up to thirty wins and seventeen losses for the season, and I'm at twenty nine and eighteen. But I would submit that I actually lost this week because all the games that I picked wrong I actually had to watch because they were all on all the TV games I was very bad at picking. Well, I think we had a few differences. I mean, we did pick we did we both uh we both picked the Dolphins and surprisingly the Jets beat them. Um you picked the e- I picked the Eagles, you picked the Giants. Uh we both picked the Seahawks and the Titans beat them. Uh, go ahead and take a look here. Uh, we both picked the Raiders, and the skins really destroyed them. Yeah. Uh, I had another one where you picked the Saints, and I picked the Panthers, and the Saints won that game. Uh, we both picked the Bills, and the uh, we both picked the Broncos, and the Bills uh, rolled on that one. And of course, we both picked the Steelers, and we know how that outcome came, and we'll talk about that later in the show. We were so cocky. Yeah. We we were every we wasn't just us it was everybody, even the Bears fans you know t- would just go on about how bad the Bears were. But yeah, we'll get into that. That we're gonna start off real quick. Where we we discussed earlier while we were texting back and forth that you know there's not much bucket news to talk about until Tuesday night's game, where we were both watching and you were working it. Um. Kutch goes four for four with a grand slam, a home run. His one uh, hit short of the cycle, which would have been the triple, eight RBI total. Guy's been in the league for eight years. It's his first grand slam. The stat was 98 plate appearances before he had a grand slam. He had 98 plate appearances with the bases loaded, and this is his first grand slam. That was a little hard to believe for me. I thought he had a grand slam, honestly. No, I, I knew he didn't have a grand slam, and it was it was a big moment, something to enjoy about a pirate game late in the season that otherwise means nothing. Um, and it really got me thinking. The way they were talking about it is that you know he might not play tomorrow night in their last home game. Um, this sure would be a good way to leave on a high note for the season. I just hope he's not leaving for good. Right, uh, and that's what I was just thinking about talking with you before we went on the air about. You know, if he doesn't play at home tomorrow, the last home game of the season uh, on on Wednesday against the Orioles, at least the fans have a great memory of Kutch's last game in PNC Park. Well, except for the people who are going on Wednesday to see his last game in PNC Park. That he might not play in. So technically, if he doesn't play, it won't be it w- today. Tuesday night would have been his last night. So there's that aspect of it. Yeah. Other than that, um, there's some good pitching. Very good pitching tonight. Um, the Bearded Wonder had the start, right? Yeah, Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams. He he went ahead and uh, when I when, when I was watching the game, he he had allowed two hits through six. 
Um, no runs at that point. You know, hell of a game. Then you got uh, who's the kid that came in the close? Or he came in the eighth. Stephen Brault. Stephen Brault. He had. To, how about his hit? I mean, he's not a. He does not shy away from ball. No, he likes he, to bat. He put that ball against the fence mm -hmm. out in left field. No, he he enjoys hitting. He um, you know, he played a, a position and batted all through college. And um, you know, he he said the other night on on one of the broadcasts that he tries to, you know, just not be an easy out. But you know, if you've got a, if you got the right kind of mechanics in your swing and you know the eye for it, you know you could be much more than a not easy out, and you can actually hit the ball all the way to the fence. So good for him. Well, that goes Mass and Bumgarner in the league. Nah, that ugh. guy can hit. I still have nightmares. Don't bring up any of those Giants from that team. <laughs> Jake Arrieta can hit, and <laughs> we have nightmares about him too. I'm over, I'm over those nightmares. Um, those. You know, hey, Garrett Cole's got a bat. Garrett, he does have a bat, yeah. Garrett Cole's got two home runs in his career that I know of. Uh, he might have three. Yeah. Uh, and what was it, his first game he came up? Not only did he pitch five five no-hit innings, shutout innings, that his first at bat, he slapped a double. I mean, that 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 just goes to show right there. I mean, just because you're a pitcher, you're not easy out. You don't have to just bunt. Yeah. Uh so, little highlight for the Pirate game. Uh, they did take two against the Cardinals out of that series. Uh, they won against the Orioles Tuesday. They got the Orioles' last home game in PNC Park Wednesday. Unfortunately, by the time you folks hear this, there will be no more home games ever in PNC Park for the rest of this season. Uh, they finish up on the road with the Washington Nationals. Uh, so, in that aspect, we're going to go and talk about some meaningful baseball real quick. In the NL, you have uh, LA is your number one seed. Nationals are number two seed. As of uh, this evening while recording this, the Cubs did not lock up completely the number three seed because Milwaukee won. Um, and Milwaukee is actually only in the running for um, the division. They're not in the running for the wild card. It's a bad, it's a bad central division this year. Right. So they are a now a game and a half behind the Cubs with time to go. If Milwaukee would have lost tonight, the Cubs would have won. If Milwaukee would have lost, the Cubs won the Cubs won a division. Since Milwaukee won, the Cubs had to win. The Cubs did not win against the Cardinals in St. Louis. But the wild card, the way it's looking at right now, is, um, the, is the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. And that game would be, if the season ended today, that game would be played in Arizona. So, again, yeah, it's a bad season for the NL Central. It's kind of setting up, like, uh, in the West, the way the Central was a couple, you know. Yeah. With his, when the Pirates, Cubs, and Cardinals were all involved in the postseason, I mean, as much as it hurts to lose to the Cubs in the wild card game, that was, um, you know, when, when that one game is a division rival, like, I think that just ups the intensity and just the atmosphere generally. Like, when the Pirates played the Reds. That Cueto game. Yeah, that Cueto game. It would not have been as much fun to have like a pitcher from the Mets or the Nationals drop the ball on that mound. The fact that it was a Reds pitcher, you know, who we, we got a little sick of watching them being our guys, so it was nice that they dropped the ball on the ground for a change. Definitely. So that West Division's looking real tight over there with L.A. Now, now we just need to see if L.A. can do something in the playoffs because, you know, they've had their early exits. Um they they went out in the uh, divisional series the one year, then they went to, they went out in the NLCS in the following year. The last few years they've been very good. So we're gonna move over to the American League, and it's sad to say that these guys 
from like I guess Pittsburgh's rival city. You know, it's Cleveland. Cleveland's good. Cleveland's good. Terry Francona up there. He's turned that team around. They're the number one seed right now in the AL. They got that AL Central locked up. Uh, Houston is uh, number two. Uh, Boston out of the AL East is number three. And their wild cards are looking right now between the Twins and the Yankees. And if the season ended, that game would be held in New York for the wild card game. So that's setting up that, um, I, I believe, so it's going to be one plays four, two plays three. So in the event we have a Boston Red Sox series with the Yankees, that would have to be in the ALCS. So that means that Boston would have to go ahead and beat... Um, would have to beat Houston and Cleveland would have to lose to the Yankees in order to get a Red Sox Yankees ALCS series, which I personally, as a Red Sox fan, I don't know how I feel about that just because they've had our number in the past. Well, I'm not sure how to really interpret the Yankees this year because I haven't seen them that much. But all you need to know is Aaron Judge just passed Mark McGuire. I know, for I, know I know about Aaron Judge, but I mean. You know, these, these Yankees seem like they're maybe not quite there yet. They they could be a good team again, but they're not they're not on the level of, you know, the young Posada Jeter Mariana Rivera teams. So remember those young Posada Jeter Rivera teams? When did they start winning World Series? Was that about ninety seven? Right around there? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Ninety eight I think they played the Padres. In the World Series, I mean, they won a handful back to back there, and they, they Jeter has five rings. Mm-hmm. I know that much. So there's those few years that they got to that point, and they lost. You know, and they didn't, and then it took them to get over that hump. I think, I, I think Jeter played in shit. His five rings, did he played eight or nine World Series. He lose two or three. Mm. I know he lost at least two. Diamondback series was a loss. That was um, 2001 Diamondbacks. Um, we're gonna have to think about that. For I can't. A I can't remember ever seeing any other Yankees World Series loss. They 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 lost another series, and I can't remember to to. I know it was for sure the Diamondbacks in two thousand one. There's another one in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we all know, also know the ALCS times. I mean, they lost in the ALCS to the Red Sox. Um, remember that? Um, that was 04. Remember the Midges? Remember that game in Cleveland? Where like the the Lake Erie bugs like attack the field and oh yeah, Java Chamberlain I think was on the mound yeah and, like, he couldn't see because all these bugs were in his eye that was that's the kind of thing that happens in October yes it's great I, I'm, I'm so uh, looking uh, forward October to this. October baseball meaningful baseball you know and then of course the World Series isn't going to be till November I mean the one year the World Series got postponed because of a snowstorm yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that happened to be what that was the Yankees Phillies series. Yeah, they, they had a game that was like a rain delay that lasted like into a third day. Yes, that was that was really big. I mean, it's just like stuff like that just happens. You know, I personally think they should shorten the regular season. Um, you know, so if that you they play fewer of... fewer opening round, like fewer week one games. First of all, make the schedule so like Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Milwaukee, no, Milwaukee's got a roof, but like any northern outdoor city should not host the first series in baseball. Like, I'm tired of games getting snowed out on opening day. Well, also, there's that whole whole BS about it where they have the opening day, we'll say opening day's on a Monday, then they have Tuesday off, 
in case they need that day for a makeup because opening day got rained out, snowed out, or whatever, and then they play again Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, I'm okay with that. I think I think they should schedule more afternoon games in in the early rounds, especially for the northern teams. Because if the Pirates are playing at seven, and it's you know April 10th, and it's 54 degrees, like they're gonna have fewer people in the seats. Than if they played at noon, because you know, and, what? Ask, and, and you're basically asking people to ditch work and go to the game. And I think you can find more people who are able to ditch work than are willing to sit outside in the cold. And right, watch because a, you know the the fifth pirate game of the season. Well, because sixty degrees in April in Pittsburgh is still a chilly sixty degrees, but sixty degrees at noon and one o'clock in the afternoon feels good when the sun's hitting you and you're at the ballpark. But when that's sixty degrees at noon and one. It's still 47 at night. <laughs> yeah. But why are we talking about April baseball? We're talking about October baseball. I know. I know. We, we got off topic. It's, well, I think the digression is this. Like, they're both cold, <laughs> but the October games are way more fun to watch, and you're much more willing to go sit outside and be cold and watch the games. And if you have cool, like, sort of pirates, like, not winter gear, but, you know, like a nice windbreaker or a cool scarf... You know, it's fun to go to a, a cold baseball game and, you know, show off some Pirates pride. Man, I miss the 90s. <laughs> oh, the pullover starter the pullover jacket starter with, with the pouch. And the actual playoff game that you could go to. And it was a real <laughs> series and not just a wild card game. And you could wear your jacket with a pouch. Yes. Oh, the 90s oh, were great. Great stuff. So, so uh, who, do, who do you like? Like pick your World Series team. So okay, out of, out of what we have right now, here's here. Being partial to Red Sox, I'd really love to see the Red Sox get in the World Series again. Uh, now the Pirates are out. I'm full bore Red Sox AL team for the NL. You know what? It wouldn't upset me if LA. Or the Washington Nationals went into the World Series. I'm kind of partial to the Nats because they were they were the team the Pirates played in my first ever game that I ever went to, which was of course back when they were the Expos. Oh. But I've always, I've always followed. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you're just as old as me. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm the sports podcast guy who just started going to baseball games in like 2004. But no, seriously, like the Expos slash Nationals franchise, like. You know, I, I can get behind them. I don't think it's going to be them. Um, out, out of the National League, I, I kind of like the Dodgers. And I like the... Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick Houston for sentimental reasons. Because they used to be in the National League? And they used to get shit all over? Uh, because their best player is like a midget. <laughs> you know? Altuve. I like him. He's, yeah, he he's got way more game than I ever had, but it's like... Well, you know, he's, I, he's not this like huge like masher, but he's like amazing. Well, I, I remember seeing the picture uh, that was made the cover of Sports Illustrated, or, or at least was on ESPN a bunch of uh, him at he, he's shortstop, right, or is he second? Short, short, and it was, he was standing on second base, and Aaron Judge was standing on second base. Oh and, yeah, and it looked like you could fit you and me in between mm-hmm. them, like. Because he's like Aaron Judge is like six foot eight, yeah, and he's like what five foot six, mm-hmm. five foot five 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 six with the spikes on on cement. <laughs> yeah, and I, there there's like um, 
I mean, Altuve, Pedroia is another one. Pedroia is, you know, these are these are guys who are like under five nine. Oh yeah, and you know they've they've got numbers to to match you know guys who are bigger than them. Unless um, I'm always like partial to those guys. You know who my boy was for the Pirates back in the day, even though he like never played. Chico Lind. Cangelosi. John Cangelosi. Wow, you're bringing that name back. He was a great utility player. Yeah. And he was like five foot seven. Fast as all get out. Uh-huh. He, whatever happened to him? I, you know what? He was uh, managing. And, uh, was he managing the minors? Or did he make he, was, he did some minor league managing, and then I, I think he was doing some like maybe college World Series games as like an analyst. Or, or maybe Kings like a minor league. He's, he wasn't a bad analyst, I heard, when I, I, I watched one of his games. And, you know, it's always, like I said, again, I'm biased. But uh, John, I thought he did all right. John Canzalosi. I remember him. Yeah. All in the mid early 90s. He'd come up and he always, he, he always seemed like he, 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 he walked in the bat and he pulled his, his jersey up and, and roughed it around his neck and had a little fluffy. Yeah, man. You know, you know, I went to so many Sunday games. I think I think I'm like my perception of the Pirates is very like weighted towards the um, the Sunday lineup. You know, like I think I grew up really thinking Keith Osick was the Pirates' like best catcher of all time, <laughs> just because wait, I only wait, went wait, to Sunday games. Wait, you wait. Know? And that was only after Mike Lavalier left the team, oh, and then well, Don Slot was. Don Slott was still around. Don Slott was still around. Michael Valier left. I don't know where he went, but he's back with the organization. Yeah, he's now. with the organization. But I mean, he left playing in the nineties. There. I don't know. I, did you see the other day at the Pirate game? Um, I don't know if you were working it or not. Uh, they had Drabic in the box. No, I missed that. Doug. They had Doug Drabic in the box with um, with Bob Walk and. Um, the carrot kid. Oh, Wainer. Yeah, John yeah. Wainer. They had him in there, and they were talking to him while the game was going on and, and getting some things back and forth. It was good to see him. He's, yeah. uh, you know, like all the other guys, he got a little bigger, filled out a little bit. Yeah. You know, his uh, mustache and goatee is white. Um, still a very nice guy. Voice still sounds the same. And um, one of the guys I was working with that night, because it was Saturday night when they had him in the box. Uh, one of the guys I was working with uh, said, oh, yeah, see that guy on TV in the middle there? He's like, yeah, he goes, I was across the street at the bar across the street and had beers with him last night after midnight. Nice. That's awesome. He's like, I had no clue who he was until somebody told me. I'm like, how old are you? He's like, 24. I'm like, you really have no clue who he was. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you're yeah. 24 years old now. I mean, you, you, were, you were born when he was in his prime, sir. Yeah, um, barely. Yeah. Man. I mean, I was like, man, well, why didn't you let me know? He's like, well, because your girl came and picked you up already. I'm like, son of a bitch. Could have had beers with Doug Dramic. Um, but no, that's awesome. That's our baseball talk for this week. Uh, we're going to head and take a break, and we're going to come back and talk about some local college football and uh, get into a little Penguins as well. Uh, so hold tight and listen to a uh, little spot from our friends at Sorgatron Media. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Hey, folks, we're back uh, after that little break. So we're going to talk about some pit football right now, and Matt and I were just talking uh, off the air. <laughs> he, he didn't really grow up with pit football. 
I mean, you grew up with Pitt football, but there's a few years you lost touch uh, being away at school and so forth. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so right now, how do you, have you been watching any Pitt football? I watched a little bit of the game on uh, Saturday. You know, I, to me, Saturday, they didn't look horrible. The way people, like, carried on about the tackling, like, yeah, that was bad. But the final score wasn't terrible. Um, especially the way teams like Georgia Tech can run all over a team that doesn't tackle well. Um, you never want to lose by three touchdowns, but, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah, it definitely could have been worse. They played uh, Georgia Tech. They did lose 35-17. Uh, uh, Danucci, though, uh, quarterback, kid out of Pine Richland that I've been talking about, um, he seems to be the better quarterback than Brown out of uh, that, that transferred to Pitt from uh, USC. Uh, Danucci's got the numbers. He's, he, he, you know, he, he's sitting there with uh, 12, 12 for 19, 110 yards, one touchdown, and an INT, and he rushed for a touchdown. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. You know, the kid that transferred, you know, from USC Brown, but and you you talk and the coach talks at his press conferences, and he's like, I like both of them. You know, and I guess they're going to run a two quarterback system. They'll uh, pick one eventually. They'll pick one eventually. It'll probably be too late. Yeah, it'll be too late. Now, here's the good news, though, is that uh, Pitt has uh, Rice coming into Pittsburgh this Saturday. Um, Rice isn't necessarily a football school. Uh, they're not necessarily a large school. I don't personally know much about Rice other than uh, they play in a very small conference. Yeah. And, they're um, in Houston, right? Uh, they're in Texas. It's in Texas? Yeah. Houston's in Texas? Yeah, I know they're in Texas. I don't know if it's Houston. I'm, I know I'm they're in sure Texas. It's Houston. There it is. Uh, but I know, like, I looked at their schedule, and they, like, play Army, and it looks like Rice kind of... So it's like Conference USA or no? Yeah. Sorry, that's not a thing anymore. It's uh, the American Yeah, the Ameri- conference. Yeah, they play East Carolina and, yeah. and Army, and they play Na- uh, Navy and, you know, uh, schools like that. So this is a non-conference game for Pitt at week four. Um, I don't know. Uh, Pitt, Pitt needs this game. Pitt needs to. They need it big. They need it big. I mean, you can't you can't just say because they're from the American Conference that they're not a credible opponent. I mean, Pitt had a tough time with Youngstown. Yeah, Youngstown's not. Pitt was blowing out Youngstown, and I don't know if it was because they put in the backups or non-starters or whatever. Put in the backups when you're only up three scores. It was twenty-one nothing the third. And Youngstown comes back with 21 points and half of the third and, you know, half of the fourth. I, I don't know. Penn uh, State game was a tough one. Oklahoma State was even worse. Well, yeah, Penn State game was a tough one. You go into Penn State thinking, look, we beat these guys last year on our turf. We're going to go up there this year and we're going to put up a showing. And, and Pitt looked good, decent against Penn State. They looked like ass against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State ran the ball up their throat. Yeah. And then, like, I was really concerned after that performance with Georgia Tech because, you know, they historically have been a very option-based team. Um, those those are sort of, they present different matchups, um, different, you know, schemes that you've got to have sort of a whole different, um, you know, kind of practice leading up to that game all week. And then you still have the issue with fundamental tackling. Definitely, uh, you know, it goes back to Pee Wee football. Square up, 
hit him in the chest, take him down. That's what I always thought. But you know, you, you know this whole arm tackling or let me dive at his as an ankle real quick. And you know, I know a lot of these guys don't want to hurt the other guys or, or give them a chance to get injured. But you know what? You're not the worst you're gonna do when you square up to somebody and hit him, put your shoulder in their chest or, or put your head in their chest and wrap your arms around taking down is you're going to knock the wind out of them or you're going to knock the wind out of yourself. You're not going to mo nine. Okay. We'll go with what? 28 times out of 29. You're not going to rip a dude's ankle, rip a dude's knee, you know, give him a concussion, stuff like that. Fundamental tackling. You, you got to get it done. And, and that's on all levels. You look at the NFL, those guys are... No, yeah. You yeah. look at the NFL, those guys... I mean, Paul Amolo's last part of his career was, was you know, arm tackling and let me grab a shoestring. Uh, and I don't want to talk shit on Paul Amolo because he's yeah, such a great player. Yeah, because, but, because, you know, like, I wanted to make some tackling points in our Steelers segment. Um, and... Honestly, some of the tackling that we saw in the Steeler game on Sunday would, would have made Paul Amalu cry had he been watching. Correct. But, I mean, honestly, the last his last season or so, he was he was pretty much, you know... You can only be a human torpedo for so long. Still. Yeah, yeah, it's and true. And then it, gets, it just gets old. It does. Uh, so, we're going to go ahead and, and let's see if Pitt can rebound. Pitt can still make a good bowl. Pitt's not going to make the playoffs. I don't think anybody thought Pitt was going to make the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, I didn't think they made. You know, they're they're looking at maybe like being like happily, you know, seven and five. Seven and five makes a bowl. Shit, six and six makes a bowl. I'm talking best case scenario. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. You know, every every conference game is going to be a better opponent than Rice. So let's see what we can do this week against the Owls. Hoot. Oh, the Hoot Owls. Let's talk about a team that actually has a chance to. Make some noise. You pick them. I hate these guys. Uh, Penn State. They look good. They do look good. They had that walk-off. Uh, you know what? Uh, my, my running joke is everybody's like, oh, you don't like Penn State. Who do you like? I'm like I, I, I love Pitt, Notre Dame, and anyone who plays Penn State and anyone who plays West Virginia. Um, this week I was rooting for Iowa. <laughs> uh, Penn State comes out with that walk-off win with that uh, field goal. Uh, on Saturday against Iowa, down in Iowa. Uh, McSorley, uh, quarterback, he goes 31 for 48, 284 yards with a touchdown and an INT. Um, now, uh, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, Saquon Barkley. You nailed it, man. I did nail it? Awesome. It. 28 carries, 211 yards, 7.1 yard average. He had a TD, and you know what? He's on the Heisman watch. You can hit him while he's in midair, and he will not only, like... Not fumble or fall down, but he'll gain more yards. Yeah, I mean, I watched. Like, did you see that he hurdled one dude? He did completely hurdle. And while he was like coming down, another dude like shouldered him in in like the hip, pretty much right at his center of gravity, and and he just kind of like shook it off. Yeah. So he's, you know what? If a kid out of Penn State wins the Heisman, good for them. If Penn State goes ahead and rolls around the Big Ten and they go on, good for them. Am I going to root for them? No. If they win a national championship, am I going to root for them? Be like, hey, no. I'll be like, hey, good job, congratulations, you guys won a national championship. Good for you. It, it just comes back to that whole... 
How did you feel about their national championship that they won in like the 90s? Because that so, was back when there was still like two different polls. Technically. And technically they didn't really win. Technically they didn't really win. No. Depending on who you sat next to in homeroom, like they totally won. <laughs> you and won. I remember being so confused. Like, So that was this, that split. That, uh, what was it? Tom Osborne's last year at Oklahoma. Um, you mean Nebraska. Nebraska, sorry. Same difference. Yeah. It, 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 it's past Ohio. It might as well be California. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that was, what, 95. They won the Rose Bowl. And I swear, to this day, and people can tell me I'm wrong or not, I swear to this day, the only reason Penn State joined the Big Ten was because that's the only bowl game was the Rose Bowl that Joe Pa never fucking won because he couldn't get into it as an independent because you had to be Big Ten or Pac-10 to get to the Rose Bowl. So that's why they joined the Big Ten because it's the only game Joe Pa hasn't ever got into or won. And they joined because of him because he wanted to win the Rose Bowl. And they made the Big Ten the Big Eleven. And that's what started all these conferences. The Big Ten now is what? The Big fucking 14? You know, the Pac-12 is now like the Pac-15? You know, 15. You See, know. to me, Penn State, like, it makes sense for them to be in the Big Ten. It does. It's a, even though I do not consider Pennsylvania to be the Midwest, and I'll fight anyone who says Pittsburgh is in the Midwest. Ah, uh, yeah. But, I'll throw down on that. But, but the character of, like, the central Pennsylvania region where Penn State is located, like, it has a lot more in common with, like, parts of, like, Ohio and Iowa and Michigan. And also, it's, like, a university that's very, um, I was actually just looking up, trying to figure out what's wrong with my, my yard. And <laughs> one of the top sites that came up in my Google search for, like, you know, brown rust on your lawnmower blades was this article from Penn State. You know, like, Penn State fits in the Big Ten in a way that West Virginia does not make any sense. In the Big 12. 12. So, you know, if you compare State College to Columbus, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. If you compare State College to Ann Arbor, Michigan, yeah. College Town. College Town, very comparable. Ann Arbor's a little bit closer to Detroit. Yeah. If you compare State College to Madison, Wisconsin, your your college town, smaller area. I, I know some meds. I know some badgers who would fight you. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just the, I'm just comparing the town, the town, not right. the school. When you talk to Madison town. people, and it's like it's like imagine Baghdad, except for it's like it's just partying, right? Instead of like blowing up. I mean, Wisconsin. What 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 big cities are in Wisconsin? Think about this. It's not hard. It's Milwaukee. Okay, they have one. That's it. Which I had a professor in grad school who described Milwaukee as Pittsburgh without the charm. <laughs> I can get that. Have you ever been to Milwaukee? I've never been, but he, he said the reason for his comment was mostly about the architecture and then he thought Pittsburgh had cooler buildings. It's part of that Rust Belt. Yeah. It's part of the Rust Belt. It's by a big lake. Yeah, Pittsburgh's by three rivers. Hey, it's, unless you ask Bubby Brister. <laughs> well... Yeah, Penn State, you know, Saquon Barkley, the kick and run. You know, you're in the Heisman thought, you know what, keep going, kid, keep running. You're done with Pitt for this year. 
I honestly won't pay attention to Penn State other than what I see on ESPN. What about when they play Ohio State, man? I'll root for Ohio State. Really? I'll, I'll call Keels and I'll be like, give me that OHIO. <laughs> I'll call Keely and tell her to bring me an Ohio State sweatshirt. Um, you know, I, I'll call Jimmy Wolford, tell him to bring me his Ohio State sweatshirt. I, I, you know, um, yeah. I'll, I'll watch Penn State and I will recap Penn State on what I see off Sports Center. And if you want to keep watching Penn State and bring that in, I just get caught up in it. You know, it's like they're not my they're not my preference among the local teams, but they're local. And you know, like if I was one of these like weirdos who like hates hockey, for example, like I'd probably still go to a few bars during a Penn's game and like hoot and holler. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna like miss out on the good times just because I don't understand or care for what's going on. Well, speaking of hockey. We're going to move on and talk about the Penguins. Right now, currently, they're at 3-2 uh, and two on their record uh, on their preseason. They have uh, two preseason games left till the home opener, which is next Wednesday, October 4th, which is going to be at 8 p.m., St. Louis Blues. Raising the Banners Night, that's an NBC Sports Net game. Um, some of the young guys are looking good. Ruedel. Wilson, they're looking good. They got some goals. They're getting in there. Um, our mainstays, though, really haven't played yet. I haven't not seen anything from Crosby. I don't even think Crosby suited up. Crosby I think, I think Malkin suited up for that game against the Blues that they held out in uh, Cranberry that was supposed to be held at the Ross Raver Ice Rink, but they couldn't get the Ross Raver Ice Arena ready in enough time to be NHL compatible. Well, that just proves that they deserve the money. Exactly. If their arena was that jacked up that like they couldn't even like get it together like in time for a preseason game. You know, I re- I remember when the Ross Traver Ice Arena lost like it collapsed. The roof collapsed during that big snowstorm. It did. And 2009. My first thought was like, where are they gonna have insane clown co- clown posse concerts and raves <laughs> now now that the Ross Traver Ice Garden is is torn down? So like, it's really good what the NHL is doing for the Juggalos. Um, I'm just worried that when St. Louis wins the cup this year, like they're, they're going to have to like fly like a film crew back to Cranberry to like get footage of where it all began. So why do you think St. Louis is going to win a cup? I'm not saying, well, I mean, just cause the Cranberry magic, you know, maybe they ate at steak and shake and that just like, you know, inspired something in them. You know, like the Penguins went to West Point that one year they won the cup, you know, well, Cranberry's just as tough as West Point, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Especially before they built that bypass to get from 79 to the Turnpike. Wow. Thank God for that thing. Because now you don't have to go through Cranberry. Exactly. But you can bypass it. It's like, oh yeah, it's easy. You just you just get off at the Cranberry exit, merge like six lanes, sit through five lights, and then you'll be in Ohio in an hour and a half. It's not worth it. <laughs> So we got the pens. I uh, saw that uh, Nancy Niemi, that's his name. Anti Niemi. Anti Niemi. That's cool. Uh, Nancy Niemi. <laughs> he uh, he he's been taking a lot of the starts and and getting some time in there. Uh, Murray did play. Uh, Murray had a good showing. He let a couple goals up, but you know it's going to happen. It's hockey. You're going to let some goals up. Uh, do I feel very confident that we're going to three-peat? 
As a Pens fan, fuck yeah, we're going to repeat. Three-peat. As a realist, do you know how hard that is? It's so hard. Do you statistically, know, like... Statistic, statistically, to even repeat as champions, especially in hockey. Seven to one. Vegas odds to, to repeat. Uh, and, like, I just wonder if they're taking that into account. I'm not... I'm not a mathematician by any means, but no. You know, but the odds of winning three Stanley Cups in a row are a lot longer than seven to one. Yeah. Uh, when was the last one that did it? it was in uh, let's see. We, we talked about this before. It wasn't anybody. It was the '80s. That was uh, Islanders. The Islanders. And, or, or, Oilers. Oh, Oilers. Edmonton. Okay, so that was like a world historically stacked team. Yeah. I mean Gretzky, Messier, Yari Curry. Uh, <laughs> the the list goes Paul on. Coffee. Yeah, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhrer was goalie, Craig Simpson. Those exactly. Some good teams. You know, the Islanders, yeah, you, know, you had two teams in the 80s. I think the Islanders won, what, 78, 79, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 82, 83. And then the Oilers were pretty much 83, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Mm. Uh, Calgary was in there, I think. Was that 88 or 89? Lanny McDonald. That was the first cup final I remember watching. It was was that Lanny Philly, McDon- Philly versus Calgary, and I remember asking my dad like why we couldn't root for the team from Pennsylvania. Because he said it's the I fucking was, it Flyers. Just, it, seemed, it seemed to make sense. I was like, well, if it can't be the Pittsburgh team, like why not the other? And your dad yeah. and your dad promptly spanked your behind. He spanked me. He needs you. <laughs> if if a if a look could spank you, like yeah. Yeah, fuck the Flyers. But Lanny McDonald. And I've been on the right track ever since. That fire in with that bright red mustache. All grown over, that big red beard and his long red hair. Lanny McDonald was amazing. So that, yeah, Calgary was 88. So then it was 87. And prior four seasons was Edmonton. And prior uh, the prior four seasons, that was the Islanders. So that was the last time anybody won more than two in a row. The Red Wings were the last one to win two in a row in the 90s. And since you mentioned Islanders... I guess we can sort of dwell for a minute on the reason that the Penguins didn't win a third Stanley Cup in a row in the 90s. Oh, in 1993 when the Islanders took them out. And, and they arguably had the best team of the three. Yeah, 93 better, was probably the best the team of the 91 and 92 teams. Their, yeah. their record, the regular season record, was phenomenal. Well, here's the thing. That's the President's Trophy curse. So maybe the best case scenario for the Pens is for... Crosby and Malkin to not play a ton of games and for them to maybe like finish like third. Use them sparingly, get into the top four position in the playoffs. But now they've redone that whole playoff system, so now it's weird. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to brush up on that. It's, it's they they redone early. that whole playoff system. It's way too weird to think about. They redone the whole playoff system where one doesn't play eight. Last season was the first year one didn't play eight and and you know two played seven and then you know uh, five and you know five and six didn't play each other. Was, I think we would have beat Washington no matter what round yeah. they had to play them. But from, from a rating standpoint, like it was kind of dumb to have that series when they had it. Exactly. That should those were the two best teams in the East. That should have been, that the, should have been the Eastern Final. That should have been the Eastern Final, not the second round. I mean, completely. And then we end up getting the Senators, and the Senators come in hot. You know, the Senators limped in as an eight seed. Yeah. You know, and come in, and they got hot. I mean, that's hard. When you get hot in hockey, it's hard to... You know, break a hot team, and then we go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and we're playing an eight seed. You know, uh, the Predators were an eight seed last year. They weren't playing like an eight seed once the playoffs started. No, they were not. They were hot. 
So we got some hockey talk coming up. Next week on the show, we will be recording uh, the night before um, the first game. Oh, man. So we actually might want to push off and record Wednesday night after the first Pens game. That could be cool. That could be cool. We can think about that. Uh, so that aspect, when we talk about when we're going to record next week for you folks, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and you can listen to some more uh, sponsors from our friends here at Sorgatron Media. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, we're back for that portion of our show where we're going to talk about our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Did they play this week? So, yeah, that's what, you know, I text, I, you know, I was texting you back and forth about, hey, uh, any topics for the game? And you sent me back, um, I guess we could talk about the Steelers. Did they even have a game this week? Is there anything going on with the Steelers? And I, I, I just kind of laughed about that. <clears throat> and uh, we're, we're just going to go ahead and, and take that elephant right out of the room right now and be like, look, here at Bull Pittsburgh, we don't do political views or religious views. Um, we all have our own personal views. We all have our own personal opinions. I'll give you mine right now. It's a damn football game. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to stay in the locker room, stay in the locker room. You want to put your hand over your heart and hold your helmet and... Pledge allegiance and the Star Spangled Banner and all that, good for you. Me personally, it's a football game. It's plays a football game. Politicians need to stay out of it. If people want to protest their own way, let them protest their own way. It doesn't affect me one way or another as a football fan. People fought in this country for the right to people to protest in a peaceful manner. Matt, how's your view on that? See, I, I agree with you, Steve. Like, I think that, um, I honestly think that the Steelers in deciding to not come out for the anthem just created more problems for themselves than if they had, you know, done what every other team did. Um, I think it's safe to assume that there were some players who probably wanted to take a knee, um, in protest or else it wouldn't have gotten to this point. Um, I think that, you know, Mike Tomlin wants to, like, you know, run his team as, like, a, a unified group. And, like, the way he talks in his press conference, like, every week, you know, he talks about a group of men and about accountability to each other. And, you know, I, I, I honestly feel like, okay, you know how, like, Tomlin's not great with, like, clock management and sometimes, like, some screwy play calls get in at the last second and if they're even lucky enough to get them off in time, like, they don't work? Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe, like, you know how there's, like, a there is a countdown clock, you know, before the anthem. If you've ever been to a Steeler game or any NFL game. There I, is. I, I, I almost feel like he just kind of, like, you know, panicked and was like, okay, we're staying in. Well, here's the thing. It, and it didn't really, it was it was interpreted as, like, a new kind of protest. And see, here's you know, the thing. And is, like, is after Tomlin... the fact, they all had good explanations about, like, what happened. But, like. To hear that many people booing the Steelers, even in a road stadium, like I've never heard that before. Exactly, they don't, they don't get booed. Either. They don't get booed that hard in Cleveland. I know, exactly. Because well, I mean, Cleveland Stadium is like two thirds black and gold most of the time. But 
You know what I mean? Like, I, they could have just come out, like, the guys who wanted to kneel could kneel, the guys who wanted to stand could stand, and they wouldn't have been any different from any other team. Exactly. And America would be just as mad at the Steelers right now as they are at, like, the Cowboys and the Titans and every other team that had protests among their ranks. Correct. But by trying to, like, you know, enforce this, like, all-for-one, one-for-all, like, and then, you know, not even really, like, succeeding at that because an offensive lineman, like, I mean, here's another thing, like, basically, like, false started past the end of the tunnel. Yeah, he if, did. If you believe, you know, his explanation, which I do, because I don't think Villanueva, you know, would lie and say that. No, nah, he, he thought the he guy... He honestly said that, you know, I just kind of got caught out in a place where all of a sudden you got to, like, you know, you can't turn around and walk away. Yeah. As, he, as a veteran during the anthem. Yeah, he, so once yeah, you're out he walked there, away you're out and there. he walked out and he was out there and he thought the rest of the team was right behind him. They were behind him, 20 feet, but hey, uh, oops, whatever. And, and Villanueva had to come out and make the statement of, you know, and he didn't have to. And Mike Thomas' press conference today uh, said the same thing was, you know, he shouldn't have had to apologize for anything he did. He didn't do anything wrong. He did what he needed to do. And they asked about Mike Tomlin being out on the sidelines and so forth. He goes, "Look, he goes, I, I'm not. He goes, I got my checkdowns. What I got to do before my game, before the game to get me ready. I work. I got to get this done. I was out in the sidelines. I got headgear to check. I got, you know, microphones to check. I got to find out where play clocks are at. I got to figure out where this is at. Being in an unfamiliar environment on the road. So him and he told his coaching staff, if you want to be inside with the players, you be inside the players. You be outside with." Doing your normal routine, you're outside with your normal routine. Here and there, it took away from the game. It did. It took away from the game. It took away from the fan experience at the game. It took away from the fan experience watching it because the first quarter, all they talked about on the uh, TV announcement was them being in the locker room and Villanueva being outside the locker room and... Everything else. Um, I don't think it took away from the fan experience for me, though, because that was, like, another layer of intrigue, you know? Like, I've never seen that before. Like, when we we were talking about, in our baseball segment, like, how in October you just see things in baseball that, you know, you won't believe, and you'll see them for the rest of your life on highlight shows, and you still won't believe. Like, seeing a sideline where there were, like, four coaches standing, where there's usually a whole team... You know, that was, that was a very, you know, for, you know, whether it was like good or bad, it was definitely something different. And, you know, like, yeah, it did, it, it did feel like I wasn't watching a football game at that point. But once the game started, all I was really worried about was the Steelers tackling and getting the ball to Bell and having Bell actually, you know, hit a hole. And guys, you know, not muffin punts. Well, we're going to talk about Bell uh, in a minute, but we're actually going to start off with the Steelers special teams. Uh, was the issue this week with a muff punt and also a block kick. That was a uh, quite hilarious, they got so quite hilarious outcome. They got so lucky. And honestly, like after the second touchdown in overtime that did count, you know, they wouldn't have even been in overtime. If well, it hadn't been for that guy stopping on, like, well, the three-yard line. He got the ball knocked out of his hand at, like, the one or the six-inch line. And as soon as that happened, I, and I was in a room with my buddies, and uh, I'm like, oh, shit, it's a Leon Lett play. Because uh, <laughs> he the, wasn't that fast. And, and he, he wasn't that – I think this guy, like – 
I said I said to the people who were watching the game at my place, I was like, listen, man, like, you all know that kid who, like, used to play football in the neighborhood or, like, in school, and he just thought he was, like, so fast, and he'd always, like, be like, hand it off to me, hand it off to me, and, like, you know, like, you play pickup games, there's no blocking, so it's basically just you running, and, like, I felt like that guy was that kid. He's like, I'm so fast, I'm so fast. And meanwhile, like, Chickalow's like two feet behind him. Now, granted, yeah, now, granted, also, he started he started doing that whole dragging the feet, that whole Deion Sanders dragging the feet at the five and then starting to walk into the end zone. Is there not a scoreboard behind, uh, you know, the end zone there at Soldier Field? Where Deion had blockers when he did Deion that. had blockers when he did it. It's not like Don Beebe was chasing down Leon Lett in the Super uh, Bowl. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, Chicklo, and then you had um, Barry. Barry was in on that play. He was the holder at that point mm-hmm. that was chasing this dude down. And they knocked the ball out of his hand before the end zone. The ball goes in the end zone. It gets pushed out the back of the end zone. Doesn't count as a safety because the Steelers were on the defensive at that point. Which I didn't get because I thought they were on offense when the ball Well, but it switched. Then it switched to be uh, the Steelers at that point were on defense after the turnover. And then also that's where we took the penalty. Uh, and the quarter ended, but we took the penalty. And the Steelers went to the locker room. They had to pull them back out of the locker room for that snap to go for them to kick the field goal because the quarter, half, or end of the game, Nothing. The clock, even though the clock hit zero, that quarter could not end on a defensive penalty. So I knew that rule. I just yeah, that's why they came back out and they got the field goal. Where Mike Tomlinson in his press conference today it went, it went from a, uh, it went from a, a, a what do you say? It went from a a, a a three point swing to a seven point swing back down to a three point swing or something like that. Yeah. To where I mean the Steelers should have had three points. On the block kick, then the kick was blocked, and they run it back. It should have been a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. You know, hey, you know what? That's what I have written down here is, you know what? Never give up. And also, don't showboat. Don't showboat. Run you your ass. showboat in the end zone. Show, you're you, allowed you to now. You are allowed to do more showboating in the end zone this year than, than you at have. any point ever <laughs> in the history of football. For the most part, yes. Yeah. Just so remember. Just they get don't. there. Just remember. It's like a candy store. Don't don't eat like a Snickers it's like snack com- size. It's not a on complete candy store. When somebody left the door unlocked to Saracens. It's not a complete candy store because they start to play cock again as soon as you hit the end zone. The Steelers found it out and should have went for two in week one. Uh, whenever they started, you know, shooting craps in the end zone. But you know what? Uh, they, <laughs> they shot craps. They got a penalty, and then they shot craps some more. Exactly. And they didn't get a two-point conversion, they got an extra point. And as far as I know, that came from the heart and was not like a sponsored segment by Rivers Casino. <laughs> so, again, we have uh, Brown and Bell uh, finally find the promised land. I'm not talking about the girls on the south side. I'm talking about the end zone. Uh, they go ahead. Brown gets his touchdown. Bell gets into the end zone. Bells is on a run, which is where it needs to be. Not one of those little flanked out passes. Uh, Brown got his on a nice little 20-yard pass. Excellent. Get in there. Get them done. Need more of those because, you know what, that red zone offense, as much as it should be as good as it is, looks like last year. Looks like they're getting down there and, and they don't have 
You know, Martavius Bryant's back. He's your tall guy in the back corner, whatever you need to do. Jesse James, he, he's another Jesse James. Nice, tall dude in the back. I think they're finding out ways when you get in that little tight quarter, they're just getting all blocked up. I mean, you're, you're, you're not getting in there. Call me sentimental, Steve, but I kept thinking, give it to the bus. Uh, always give it to the bus. You don't think twice. Yeah. You know, it goes back to that Super Bowl with uh, Seattle and New England. You know, why Why are you going to be, be, be on the three-yard line why? and do don't a pass across the this. middle when you have Marshawn Lynch don't, behind you that, was, oh. that, that averages five yards a carry? Oh, uh, that was good. That was, that was, that's the best example because being that it was the Super Bowl, like, I know I was, and I'm sure you were too, watching that game with some people who maybe don't know that much about football or even care. And like, all they knew is every they, face, all they knew is they hated the Patriots. In that room, was Drunk. like slack. Yep. When they when they threw that pass to Malcolm Butler. Oh well, yeah, Malcolm Butler being the defensive back at that point. I mean, yes, he did and, have and to you step, know what? He did have to step into the route. And you know, you know what? Here's the thing about Malcolm Butler: that play got him a four-year, mm-hmm. four-year, forty million dollar deal. Uh, in the meantime, though, Bell did have four point one yards carry this time. Um, good for Bell. He still didn't have that splash play. He he routed off a fifteen-yard run. Uh, or so, he, but he didn't have that 25-yard break, 30-yard break, whatever it is. I feel like he's building to it, I really do, which would be fine if they had just won the game. Yes, third down conversions. For the league this season, they're 32.3% on third down conversions. That's poor. They had four third down conversions in this last game, which again, yes, is poor. Uh you know, they're going into this week, this week's, they're playing Ravens, Ravens week, in Baltimore. You think this is going to be easy because, you know what, the Ravens, um, they have Weedle and Jefferson out there as their safeties. They have a strong secondary overall. Uh, you got Suggs, he's a mainstay there and the linebacker in the middle of the field. Suggs is always looking to crack some heads. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I mean, remember when Suggs and Ray Lewis were on there together? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know why Suggs should, would would have softened his uh, position on hitting Ben Roethlisberger. Oh no, Suggs just wants to eat Ben Roethlisberger's ass. Is what he wants to do. Is that how you want to phrase that? Yes, he okay. does. Okay. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, you know what? Suggs will eat anybody's ass at this point. Doesn't matter whose it is, but my he. Ass. <laughs> but he rather. Him, man. But he rather have Ben Roethlisberger on the ground. Where my whistle? Oh, hello. And, of course, they added Jeremy Macklin uh, to the wide receiving core as well as they have Wallace. Wallace, you know, they say he's lost a step, whatever. Shit, I'll take Mike, Mike Wallace losing a step mm. over top of Eli Rogers right now. Yeah. Um. So you have those guys. You got three good backs down there. You got uh, Javarius, Um. Shit, what the hell's his name? He's on my fantasy team, damn it. Um, West and... Uh, you got West down there in Baltimore. He's uh, a little banged up right now. And uh, Javarius Allen, uh, he's kind of their he's kind of their receiving back. You know, he, he he broke out. He had a he had a good game. He had 125 yards and uh, two weeks ago, 125 yards. I want to say 
55 of them were receiving yards, and he had a touchdown on that as well. Uh, the third back, I can't remember his name right now, uh, but they're, they're running their backs as committee. Uh, you see a lot of that right now. Uh, Cincinnati's running their backs as committee. Uh, you got Mixon and Bernard and Hill. So annoying. Such a you know, so ruining fantasy football. <laughs> yes, it is ruining fantasy unless football. You, unless you have Devontae Freeman. I have Devontae Freeman. Yeah. I have Devontae Freeman. How'd you do this week? Uh, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, but so coming into Baltimore, this is not going to be an easy game. This, this is, is not gonna, a joke, people. This is not we a joke. Serious. This is serious. This is going to be smash mouth football. Uh, Whatever I, your rituals are, do them. The, Even uh, if you're boycotting the Steelers, just go to your brunch place that you used to go to every time. Go go get your coffee from your normal place that you used to go. Like don't don't let me down. Wear okay? your Jerome Bettis jersey. Wear to your Bettis jersey. Bettis didn't be- protest anything. Uh, wear your Bettis jersey to church. Wear your Heinz Ward jersey to church. Go have you know breakfast with the family, and then kick them the hell out of the house and go to the basement and watch the game. Yeah. You know, go to your buddy's house. Go to your local bar. Order you know. pizza from that place that isn't good, and you don't even eat the pizza, but it's like Lucky Pizza. There's that. Yeah. We could do a whole show on fucking bad Lucky pizza. pizza. Lucky pizza? Lucky pizza and bad pizza. Yeah. We should start a bad pizza podcast. That's that's like the next project. <laughs> we're going to turn. We're gonna take Pittsburgh's best pizza list, and we're going to go ahead and start Pittsburgh's worst pizza list. Yeah, you know. It can't be all about positivity. So, speaking of this, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, I looked at some crazy, stupid, random stat because that's what I do. Uh, 15 of the last 20 meetings has been decided by less than a touchdown. Mm. Yeah. I can't. I can't see why you know I should expect what, a blowout. I, 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 I don't expect a blowout, given what I've seen from the Steelers. And, and you it's know what? On the road, it's on the road. Now Baltimore is two and one. The Steelers are two and one. Baltimore is coming off of getting their blown out in London against the Jaguars. You the, know the London Jaguars, though. That's like well, in in five years that'll be a home game. In five years that will be a home game for for the Jaguars. Uh, I mean. I woke up in the morning and I'm sitting there on my phone already and Amanda's like, why are you up this early on a Sunday? Why are you on your phone already? I'm like, uh, fantasy football. She goes, it's only like 9.30. I'm like, yeah, but the Ravens just kicked off with the Jaguars. And I got two guys with the Ravens playing. Yeah. Those those London games suck. You know, it's interesting. I don't I mean, want to get up on Sunday until 11. <laughs> I, I, I follow a lot of like, Soccer accounts. Oh well, and they're the, like so that means you're up at seven a.m. a lot. Always, always, <laughs> and and like I get I get access to like a lot of you know like UK opinion on the NFL, and compared to like the way Americans feel about football, like it's very refreshing to like see people like taking to the game. It's like you know they don't have all the like cynicism built in about you know concussions and protesting, and it's just like they're kind of like. Just sort of beginning to learn about it, you know. It's like it's they like, have soccer hooligans. Oh, oh, the soccer hooligans! I mean, my God, you want you want to talk about like political? Like it's like main the main reason some people go to soccer games is to like get in fights and get, get arrested. In fights, get in fights and get arrested for like beating up skinheads or like you know vice versa. Like it's you know they 
they, they, they work on making it more family friendly and, you know, making the tickets more expensive is one way they do that. But also they eliminated, um, like standing areas a few years ago because that was where all the big hooliganism used to happen. But right. did you see this stadium that they're building no. for the NFL? Like, uh, it's Tottenham what? is one of the, one of the big teams in London, one of the big soccer teams. Okay. They're building a new stadium. It's, it's going to be like two years in the making. And they're going to have, a, like, kind of like in Arizona, where, like, you can, like, roll the field out. So yeah. they're going to have, like, a grass field for soccer and, like, field turf for football. And then they'll be able to host NFL games in that stadium without, like, damaging the uh, the playing surface for soccer. So they're thinking, like, that's where, like, the eventual London NFL team well, would go. Well, the, uh, the way that they roll the field out in Arizona is so that it can get sunlight. Yeah, right. So you're saying, how's that? Like, what's the point of having that in London? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's really no sunlight in London. I, I've been to England. There is grass. There's grass. There's grass. There might not be sun all the time, but there's lots of rain, and you can't have grass without rain. You are correct. And I do have to. And and you know what? I'll give Penn State two thumbs up on their grass because uh, you now as a as a official homeowner and might need to redo <laughs> some yard work. Uh, the Penn State grass, it's good grass. It's good grass. Well, I was I was reading their their <laughs> website, man. I've been talking about grass a lot this this episode. Oh, and we're not even smoking any. Jesus. So, folks, Steelers, they know what they need to do. We as fans know what they need to do. Wrap them up. They need to put their arms around somebody's waist and wrap them up to the ground. Wrap them up. You know, tackling. Core tackling. Don't just flop in front of an NFL yeah. running back. Like they they've already jumped over guys in high school and college, and they'll jump over you in the pros. You know, every guy in the NFL was their stud in high school. Yep, exactly. Uh, also, what they need to do: play football. Don't give a shit what the president said. Don't get in. Don't get intertwined. You know, do your thing. Kneel, kneel, stand, stand. Doesn't matter. You know, any any more of this, you know. Sunday football is turning into more of a Catholic mass. Up and <laughs> I mean, so do what you need to do. Take care of your own. I live my life kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield style. Is I always look out for number one and make sure I don't step in number two along the way. So that's what you guys need to do. And honestly, that should be good advice for anybody out there. Really. Yeah. So that's enough of those sports this week uh, with the recaps. Uh, we're going to get into next week. Uh, of course, we'll recap the Steelers game against the Ravens. Um, Buccos will be over by then. Penguins will just be getting fired up. College football is going strong. But we always have to finish with bold predictions week bold predictions. four. Let's win. Yes, let's win. We got all my picks are going to win this, this week. You're going, all your picks are going to win? I'm going perfect. You're going you're to go perfect? Mm-hmm. So this is the last week with no bye weeks. Good. So it's the last week with 16 games. I need a fantasy win. Right. Because next week we have to really pay attention to our fantasy mm. football. I lost this week. Did you win this week or did you? Crushed. You crushed? High score. High score? $20 richer, baby. 20, you got the $20 high score or of the week? The way I prefer to look at it is $20 less poor from the entry fee that I already put in. There you I, go. I don't think I have the long-term sustainability to win it all this year. I, I think, could be wrong. I, I think I have wrong. the long-term sustainability. Honestly, I have to go 
after we're done with this, while I'm laying in bed, I'm gonna have to go look through the waiver wire and see what I need to get or don't need to get. It never my, ends. My team's pretty solid. Uh, I I go ahead and uh, I lost this week. I scored 145 points and lost. Um, yeah, you would have lost to me too, man. <laughs> the guy I played against, uh, he had 168 points. Gotta beat him. Um, and there was two people in my league that had over 200 points. Oh God. Um, and they're the ones that you know. The one person, go figure. I, and we're still trying to figure out how did how did we let this happen in draft that she had. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, she had uh, Stefan Diggs, Tom Brady, and um, that Thursday night game, there was, uh, who's the receiver in that Thursday night game that had a shit ton of points? Anyway, after the Thursday night game, news say she was at 70 points at the Thursday night game. That's, you know, that's a good Thursday night game. Yeah, I mean, and that was just a running back and receiver. <laughs> nice. You know, so, uh, you know, I took a loss this week. I'm 2-1 in my fantasy. Matt, what are you at? I am 1-2. You're 1-2. But two, I'm really dude. excited about the turnaround. I, uh, and I'm looking to, and the person I'm playing this week is, in, in, in my league, is not uh, the greatest. Doesn't matter, the man. Best decision. It's a football. Any you know given what? Sunday. Exactly. And you know what I say about any given Sunday is especially right and about fantasy football in general is, not this past week, the week before, I have Michael Crabtree on my team. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns, 100 and some yards, scores 32 and, a, 32 and a half points for me on fantasy last week. This week, he had 1.3. And he didn't even leave the game. He didn't get injured. He wasn't involved. He had 1.3 this Just week. Just running around out you there. You go from 32 and a half points to 1.3. No rhyme or reason. None whatsoever. My standard scoring people for me is Drew Brees, Devontae Freeman, Tyreek Hill. Those are the only three that I can count on that are going to get me 20-plus points a game and have all year. And also, I had them last year. That's how it is with me, too. You get your core, and then you got to come down and do your matchups. And yeah, now you got to do you, your matchups. I find, I find the first couple weeks it's a little hard to like have a real feel for it because like you don't really know... like what teams are going to be bad. Like, once you start watching it, you know, like, don't pick on this defense. Yeah. You know, or expect big things from a tight end against these guys. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's where you, you got to have the time and energy to put into it. And most of my time and energy is usually when I'm on the tee, on the way to <laughs> and from work, or when I'm laying in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning and I have nothing else to do. Yeah. And I should be sleeping. Yeah. I don't like losing sleep over football. Let's do some picks. Right on. So we're going to do some picks right now. We got uh, week four. We got the Bears at the Packers. Bears are the best team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> I don't believe that at all. You're laughing. I'm laughing. On the well, inside. you know what? If the Packers stay in the tunnel before the National Anthem, I believe the Bears have the edge. Nobody's going to do that, man. They want uh, a lesson from the Steelers. So are we both going Packers on this? I think so. How about Steelers-Ravens in Baltimore? You know what? We're Steelers fans. We're we're sitting here in Pittsburgh talking about this. I'm gonna show my journalistic objectivity and pick the Ravens. Ooh! And I hope I'm wrong. But it is in a, it is in Baltimore. You know what? I'm still going Steelers. All right. I'm going. I'm a, I'm a homer. 
Trust me, I care mm-hmm. more about the Steelers winning against the Ravens than I do about beating you in our picks. Awesome. That's how I feel about fantasy football. Like whenever I'm but this is called building dramatic tension. Uh, yeah. Saints and Dolphins. In Miami. Mm. Give me the Saints. You know what? I'm thinking Saints too. How about Bills and Falcons in Atlanta? Atlanta all the way. Really? Yeah. I'm big on Atlanta, man. Bills I think had, they just Bill, might go back to the Super Bowl this Bill, year. Bills had a nice win, though. Bills had a nice win. It's, there, there's no way the Bills are going down to Atlanta in that new stadium. All right, you're swaying me to Atlanta. So I'm in love go. with that new stadium, dude. That's a beautiful stadium. Now, the best thing that could happen for this game is the stadium implodes, which is the Bengals at the Browns. Oh. And you know what? The Browns, for the first time this past weekend, were a road favorite since 2000 to the Colts, and they lost. Yeah, well, um, I don't uh, think people expected Jacoby Brissett to have the kind of game that he did. That is true. Um, he hasn't he had a game like that since he filled in for Tom Brady when Tom Brady was out on the flake gate. But it's also the Browns. It is also the Browns. I you know the Bengals. The Bengals had a great game this week. A.J. Green mm-hmm. found his own. I'm going to go Bengals as well. Rams and the Cowboys in Dallas in Big D. It's got to be Dallas, right? Definitely Dallas. Uh, Titans at the Texans. I'm liking, I'm liking the Titans in this. Texans, you know, I'm not sure. Like they, they almost beat New England. I think True. I'm going Texans. You're going to go Texans. I am going Texans. Hmm. So we're going to have another uh, little head off here. So even if the you know Steelers win, which is my sincere hope, correct, I still have a chance of tying you. Now, this one's kind of almost a no-brainer. Panthers and Patriots in New England. Panthers are really bad this year. For some reason. There should be no reason they're this bad. Yeah. Greg Olson's out. I get it. But Cam Newton is... It's tough to wait and play. I know. We're just going Pats on us. Yeah, we're going Pats. It's a market. Jags and Jets. I still like the Jags, man. Uh, I know the Jets beat the Dolphins, but... Niners and Cards. Cardinals. Why are you doing this? You're taking the same ones I am. That's a no-brainer, man. The Niners are terrible. Eagles, Chargers. Eagles. Where's that at? In L.A. In L.A.? I'm going Birds. I'll take the Chargers. Force me to care about a Chargers game. Massive be watching this on Sunday at four thirty. Like. I'll be having canes. I'll be having canes. Like I'll be in like the corner. Hey, hey, can you put the Chargers game on this TV over here? There will be like one Eagles fan. I'll probably end up getting punched out by him by the end of the game. <laughs> Giants and Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. You know what? The Giants showed some stuff to me against the Eagles and still lost. Um, I don't know why I'm riding high on Big Blue, but. I got to take the Giants on that one. I'm taking the Giants. I'll go Tampa. Raiders Broncos in Denver. AFC West matchup. Mm. Got that big offense from the Raiders. Got that big defense from the Broncos. Raiders did just get shelled, though. 
by the skins. Yeah, watch out for them. I'll take the Raiders. This is, a, this is a statement game for them. It is a statement game for this them. This is a chance for them to show that they're serious about winning their division and going beyond. It is a statement game. And I think they do have credible offense. That, you know, Any defense should be a little bit scared. As much as I like the Raiders in this game, it's in Denver. Uh, uh, Broncos offense isn't isn't uh, not to shake a stick at either. I mean at all. I'm going Broncos. All right, I had man. to think about that for a minute. This could be a pivotal week in the standings. Could be. Colts Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks. Yeah, me too. <laughs> not that pivotal. Redskins Chiefs. Chiefs. Wait, where is it? Casey. Yeah, Chiefs. Yep. Lions and the Vikings in Minnesota. Give me the Lions. I'm taking the Vikings. Ooh, man. This could be a drastic shift in the balance of power. This could be a shift in the balance of power. I mean, we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six separate picks. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to see what happens with this, folks. And if anything's good, somebody needs to start uh, taking one of our picks here. Might have to start picking college games to make up the deficit. <laughs> Only local. Only local. Only local. So President's the, League. Yeah, so so we're going to go with yeah, we're going to go with uh, Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, and Notre Dame. Give me Slippery Rock. <laughs> Gannon, Penn State, West Midland, Spirock, Gannon, Penn State, and Parley. Shit, I'm taking William and Mary, uh, <laughs> Waynesburg, and throw me in there, um, St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's, the Bearcats. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, folks, that's going to be our show for the week on Bold Sports. Uh, do you have anything you want to talk about? I'm. I mean, yeah, but no. Let's just, let's just you know. I'm I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about fantasy. Because um, you won this week. Because I won this week. You won this week. You're happy. I I wasn't gonna let, I wasn't gonna let it go without it being mentioned. But yeah, I think I'm good. Awesome. We'll uh, have some new stuff next week. Hopefully, as long as sports plays out. If you ask my girlfriend, it plays out like it's a soap opera. They didn't um, fire every Steeler, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, we're not playing for the team, so. <laughs> it's like that Tony Danza movie, which where he was the kicker. Oh God, for the Eagles. Oh uh, no! But it's like every position is a garbage man because <laughs> they fired the whole team for not coming out. If that ever happens, we as a city are screwed. Yeah. But my one buddy, I've always told my one buddy, Nick, I was like, dude, I was like, you missed your calling. You should have been a fucking long snapper. Uh, because long snappers have like 18-year careers in the yeah. NFL. And he's like five foot seven, but he's built. Like, all he has to do is just lean over, snap the ball between his legs. What? Five, six times a game? You say it's easy, but do you remember that game when uh, – Greg Warren, I guess, was the Steelers' long snapper. He yeah, injured. And James Harrison had the long snap, and he snapped it over. He snapped it over the punter's head, and it cost us the game. 
Well, why would you have James Harrison Long at that point? Because apparently, back in high school, when he played every position, because he was like probably by far the best athlete in his whole town, um, they were like, "You can long snap too, right?" He was probably snapping a ball like straight up in the air, like, and then running back and catching it and punting it. So, well, at that point, and then running long, down on coverage. If your long snapper gets injured, why would you just have your regular center do it? Apparently, they're not trained to do that, Steve. Oh wow! That's how. That's just. That's how the the football factory works. You know, maybe, maybe some innovative college coach someday will like become like the Jeff Tedford of centers, and you know, teach them how to like do both. But it's it's not really a priority, from what I understand. Well, at this point, I'm gonna take these picks that we just made. I'm gonna long snap them uh, into the shredder. Pretty much. So <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the garbage can in my kitchen, but. Uh, all right, folks, you all have a good week. Matt, anything left? I'm good, man. Awesome. Have a good week. Always for your favorite team, as long as it's always black and gold. Yes. Hey, Ian's. thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.